Welcome into the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. I'm your host, Les Lukacs, and today I'm pleased to be joined by San Diego area scout Jack Shannon. Jack, welcome to the podcast. You've got deep roots there in San Diego and San Diego County. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background here before we dive into the podcast? Awesome. Well, thanks, Les, for having me, and I'm really excited to be a part of the PBR team this season. Um, I went to San Guido Academy here in Encinitas, California, uh, graduated in 2008, and then I started my college journey um, at University of Oregon, transferred down to Grove and El Cajon, and then finished up at University of San Diego for three years, um, got to go to two regionals and play with Chris Bryant. Well, that, that's a pretty good teammate to have there. Huh? Pretty special times there at USD. Yeah, definitely. Uh, watching a college hitter at 30-plus home runs in a season uh, was, was something else, and it was a special team to be a part of, uh, especially being at home in San Diego and uh, wearing that across my chest. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, so, so Jack, you've been out and about. Uh, you know, we both sat on the San Diego State MLK tournament and saw a bunch of teams and players there. Uh, you've been out since then quite a bit, uh, pretty extensively weather permitting, obviously, because SoCal's been getting hammered with some rain here. Uh, but let's dive into some teams and players that you've seen uh, so far, you know, in the early goings of the 2019 season. Uh, that have you excited? Uh, I know both of us uh, watched uh, East Lake, and you know those guys are seem pretty loaded once again and primed for another deep run. Who stood out for you on that East Lake roster? Keone Cavaco really stood out to us. Uh, we got to see him early in January, and the radar guns were out, and all of a sudden it flashed 93 miles per hour. I remember both of us went up to Ramon after and said. You know, he just threw 93, right? Is, is that normal? Does he hit that a lot? And we got the, the response of he's never thrown that hard in his life. So to see a kid in early January throwing 93 miles per hour, uh, a, a career high for him at such a um, early part of the season when you don't expect pitchers to have their top velocities, let alone be uh, peaking and setting new uh, career highs is, is definitely something special. Yeah, he he was pretty good. Then he then he mixed in that changeup that was also pretty special. He's got a bright bright future, and you know I don't think either one of us had seen him on the mound just yet, and so that was definitely an eye opening uh, experience for both of us. Uh, anybody else on East Lake that caught your attention that day? Yeah, Ricky Tibbet was a uh, pretty polished pitcher. Uh, he's got you know college success written all over him. Uh, he'll definitely be a uh, Big time arm and filling up the stat sheet this season at East Lake. Yeah, the San Diego State commit. He's he's pretty good from the right side. Mixes good, you know, a good three pitch mix for him. And you know, we were able to see Cathedral as well. Obviously, a traditional powerhouse down there in San Diego. Uh, you know, they're typically loaded up and down their roster with D1 commits. This year is a little no is no different. A uh, couple of guys that stood out for for you during that uh, viewing. Yeah, Jake Rons was another uh, pretty polished right-handed pitcher for them. Uh, he, you know, again, it was early January, and he was coming out attacking with you know, four-seam and a two-seam, a curveball and a changeup, um, and I, I believe even a slider. So, you know, he had a big mix, 
that he was offering to hitters at a that early part in the year and had control over them. So um, as an uncommitted senior right-handed pitcher, I think, you know, the sky's the limit in terms of he could, he could get some really good late offers from teams that uh, lose guys to the draft or uh, things like that. So uh, hopefully he can, he can produce and it works out for him. Yeah, you talked about Cavaco in the early season being looking as polished as he did, but man, Jake Ron's, uh, you know, I'd seen him a few times and, and that was about as good as I've seen him. And it looks, he appears to be pitching with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, which, you know, generally in those types of situations and a high school kid that, that usually works out for him. You know, Cathedral also has one of the more physical athletes you'll see in third baseman outfielder Xavier Watson. Uh, he didn't do a whole lot with the bat in my viewing that one day when I was there. Uh, I know you sat on him a couple of uh, the rest of the weekend there. What'd you see from Xavier Watson? I saw a good uh, swing pass. He keeps the barrel through the zone uh, for a very long time. Uh, he barreled a couple balls and definitely is uh, has uh, some high athleticism in him. I believe he is a running back on the football team as well. So there's there's tools there and he played some third and outfield. So, you know, have a little opportunity to move him around. Uh, he's not, you know, married to one position. I could see him at first as well. So corner outfielder and quarter infielder uh, should bode well for him. Yeah, 2020, he headed to University of Arizona. And the bottom line is the bat plays with him. And, uh, you know, if the bat continues to play, well, then it doesn't really matter where where you play him defensively. <laughs> uh, moving on, to the, the reigning D4 champs, uh, San Pasqual, uh, they look like they're pretty primed, ready to make another run here uh, in the CIF uh, San Diego section, huh? Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. There's a lot of big fans of Elijah Jackson. Uh He's the son of former Padre Damian Jackson, and he's heading to Kansas State. Uh, a lot of fans out there of him, but the big story that I'm starting to uncover is the catcher outfielder Luke Hall, who uh, is most likely the top freshman in San Diego County this year. He will be batting cleanup and starting at catcher all year, and that's just something you really don't see in baseball at all, a catcher freshman hitting cleanup. And in any lineup, I don't really care if it's, you know, we're talking East Lake Cathedral or uh, Division Five. If you're a freshman starting catcher and hitting cleanup, um, you must be doing something right. Yeah, and he's going to be catching the likes of a guy like Jansen Lublin, who, who we've seen quite a bit at some of our events. Lefty headed to Kansas Wesleyan, and and nothing straight out of that guy's hand, man. I mean, the stuff goes in the dirt. Stuff it's got run to it. I mean, so if he's sitting behind the dish catching guys like that, then he must be pretty special behind the plate. And so, Jack, let's talk about some of the sleeper teams you see in San Diego County this year. Uh, you know, we'll start with, uh, you know, I I don't know if we want to classify them as a sleeper because they've had some pretty good success here the last few years but you know san marcos has got some really talent a whole lot of talent on that roster let's start with the uh, the san marcos team yeah san marcos is really interesting to me um back when i was in high school they you could definitely classify them in the sleeper category but uh these days it seems like they've turned the tide and uh really uh churned out a lot of prospects but uh they got a big lefty over there jake widener uh going to SDSU. Uh, he's definitely got 
a lot of projectability to him, uh, a lot of arms and legs and, you, you know, grown into his body. But, you know, 6'4 frame from a left-handed pitcher always opens some eyes. And then Luca Martinez, their shortstop. Uh, I know you're a big fan of his as well. I am too. Very aggressive, gritty player. Uh, always trying to take the extra bag, laying out for ground balls that he shouldn't. Uh, just doing doing the extra. Uh, so an exciting, fun player to watch. And you know he really kind of fits that Washington State uh, grinded out mold. Yeah, he, I'm a big, big fan of Lucas, as as we talked about when we sat on them down at San Diego State camp. And, you know, then, they, you know, on the other side of the infield, you know, Billy Wirch is headed to Butler University. He can swing it, too, and, and, and does a really good job defensively. Uh, and, you know, then they have Kyle Carr, the other 2020. So there's a lot of talent on that San Marcos team. And speaking of a team with a lot of talent, you know, Bonita Vista down in uh, the Chula Vista area, Bonita area down there, uh, you know, they're pretty loaded as well. And, you know, they play in the same league as East Lake. So that should make for a couple of nice battles. And, you know, they look like they've got a whole lot of talent, too. Yeah, very, very uh, exciting to see Bonita Vista have so much talent down there. Uh, I have yet to see them but they are circled and uh i'm planning on getting down to see those guys as quick as i can because when you've got a roster with that much talent on it um especially when whenever a team has a fullerton uh commit uh you know that means they're doing something right outside of just the talent standpoint in terms of you know fundamentals and and teaching the game the right the right way yeah nathan nankill the outfielder headed to the 2020 outfielder headed to cal state fullerton had a chance to see him at the uh, underclass area code uh, tryouts and you know he swings it well he runs well he's got a you know a strong accurate arm and like him quite a bit you know they have a 2021 uh, outfielder pitcher uh, by the name of lucas marujo who who is not yet on a whole lot of radars, but will undoubtedly be be on radars here in due time. And, you know, he's big at 6'1", 6'2", still a lot of physical projection left in his body as as he's a little thin at this point, but he is strong. Uh, You know, Omar Vega headed to Mississippi Valley. Uh, Alec Bruce headed to UCSD, another really solid program. And uh, DiMaggio Cazares headed to Wagner. So, you know, Benita Vista should... Should it should be there in the mix in that league, uh, you know, and again, they, they certainly will make uh, a run at the uh, dethroning, you know, Eastlake as the champs there. And a couple other players you, you wanted to talk about here uh, in the San Diego area. Uh, start with uh, Cole Colloran down at uh, Canyon Crest. Yeah, Cole Colloran, uh, left-handed pitcher, junior, heading the USD, uh, you know, keeps keeps everything compact and explodes towards home plate uh, with a good fastball. Um, had him up, you know, mid to high eighties this summer. Um, I expect him to make another velo jump uh, before he steps onto campus at USD in two years. Um, but just a, a good arm to watch and uh, stays in the zone and gets right after hitters. Uh, so uh, a good left-handed pitcher to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, then another lefty headed to Santa Clara, Nick Sando out of San Diego Academy, looks to be uh, ready for a breakout season as well. Yeah, Nick Sando um, t- was a teammate of Cole Conn this year with Petrosky Redbirds, and um, they were kind of the uh, two-headed monster for for uh, that pitching staff. And uh, Conn has the velo, but uh, Nick Sando, he missed a lot of bats. Um, you know, his fastball was 
wasn't clocked as high, but uh, it gets on you. And then a very good changeup and um, just a lot of swing and miss to his game. Um, so not really, not really a big velo guy, but you know he's got a good frame, projectable, and um, you know when you're missing bats uh, early in your career, I, I just think that uh, measures up really well from projectability standpoint. Yeah, so you got a pretty busy week here coming up, and it starts today. Uh, you're going to head over to uh, see one of the bigger names here in the uh, 2019 MLB draft out of the state. So tell us a little bit about what you have on deck this week, Jack. Yeah, so today I'm heading over to LCC, La Costa Canyon, uh, to watch and take on Granite Hills. Uh, Spencer Jones will be starting. Um, he's definitely one of the biggest, most interesting names in the draft. Um, you know, I've re- read a lot of things and personally think, you know, he might have the highest ceiling of anybody um, coming out just for the sheer fact that he's six seven and is grading out as a hitter and a pitcher. So uh, just just different. Um, we don't see this come across a lot um, and very limited in terms of innings thrown in his career. So every start he makes on the mound, every inning he throws is going to be watched by a lot of scouts. Yeah, he's going to be under the microscope this year for sure. And then Thursday, you're heading over to a guy who see a, a, a game that features a guy that, you know, might be in the same spot as Jones next year. Yeah, so Rancho Buena Vista's Carson Hamro. Uh, I was fortunate to see him at my first event with uh, Prep Baseball Report at J. Sarah High, and uh, he wowed me. Uh, just a long, lanky right-hander with extremely easy arm action uh looked like he was just playing light catch and uh just pow uh i think we had him up to 91 on a extremely cold southern california winter morning however you want to take that and uh just really impressed us yeah they're they're facing off against poway that should be once again really loaded you know led by kyle nevin headed to baylor taylor johnson headed to lmu those two seniors and Trevor Tishenko, one of my favorite outfielders in the 2020 class, uh, headed to Cal. Uh, and then Friday, you, you got, I mean, busy, busy week for you, brother. And, and Friday is probably, you know, one of the better of the three games in terms of team matchups. Who are you seeing on Friday? Helix at Madison. So Helix is another team where you don't just stack with some talent. Jordan Thompson going to LSU, uh, you know, L- LSU is ranked second in the country right now in baseball. And, you know, you don't see them getting out of the South too often, let alone coming to San Diego and taking recruits. So he must be doing the right thing down there. And they've got a couple other players that definitely want to see some more of. And then Madison has just been really interesting to me because they keep putting out talented players. Um, a couple years back, Ian Clarkin, first round draft pick. By the New York Yankees, and then uh, two years ago, Kevin Abel came out of there and won the Call of the World Series MVP. So uh, they're they're putting some guys uh, out, and uh, those guys are having success. Yeah, the Warhawks, man. When I when I was in school down there, they were just kind of an afterthought in all of sports. It seems like they've really made a commitment to athletics as a whole, and 
they've had a lot of success in both football and baseball in, in recent years. So, so Jack, before we wrap up, let, let's get your feeling on the San Diego section as a whole. I mean, we know that they do the open division for those top teams. And then, you know, D one is, is, is about as good as it is anywhere in the state. And, you know, D two is really, really loaded too, but what's your gut tell you on, on, you know, on the San Diego section as a whole and, you know, maybe, uh, Give us uh, one or two teams that you think will be uh, the last team standing there in the open division or in division one. Yeah. So my, my initial gut feeling really is that it's, it's looking to be pretty open. Um, I mean, obviously East Lake, Cedral, Helix, Torrey Pines, you know, those are the teams they're going to be there in the end, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, San Marcos came up and everything clicked and they were right in the top five and, um, you know, every coach that I talk to players that I talk to, uh, you know, how's your team this year? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And, and, you know, everyone's got some type of weakness they're talking about. Um, you know, Torrey Pines is stacked offensively, but they're, they're thin at pitching. Um, and LCC, uh, as well as is, is thin at pitching this year. Uh, and East Lake lost a couple big names last year and, um, you know, they've got a lot of talent there, but they got big shoes to fill. So everyone seems to be battling something, um, which is, which is a little is unique in my opinion to, to hear from every team that they've got to overcome something this season. So with that, I kind of just see it as being, uh, everyone, everyone's got a pretty good chance of uh, making some noise this year. And I think it's going to be a really exciting season, uh, because of that. Yeah, you described it to me as being wide open, and it certainly sounds that way. Well, Jack, really appreciate you taking some time to join us here this morning. Keep grinding out there. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, the coverage that you've been providing in San Diego has been outstanding, and we look forward to more of that uh, from you this season. So that's going to wrap up segment one with Jack Shannon down in San Diego. We'll be back after a short break with Ryan Ozella from the Central Coast uh, to break down what he has seen and here on the Prep Baseball Report podcast. Welcome back to the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. Uh, I am Les Lukacs, your host, and I'm pleased to be joined by NorCal area scout Ryan Ozella. Ryan brings his talents to PBR, where he's been with us here for the last year or so. Uh, Ryan, welcome to the podcast, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Awesome. Thanks, Les, for having me. So, yeah, uh, I started with you guys last year, did a lot of uh, area stuff around here. I'm in Santa Cruz and covering the South Bay, San Jose. Uh, so I got out a lot last year and got some stuff covered, uh, doing that again this year for us. Um, I started at San Diego State and played or worked there um, for the team and the baseball program. Um, so I worked there for four years. I interned with the Padres, and then I was uh, working at 2080 Baseball covering the MLB draft before I moved over here to help you guys out. Uh, but I'm excited, man, excited for the season. Yeah, no, no doubt. Well, the season is underway. That's no question, at least here in SoCal. And you guys are close up in your area. But you've been out and about and you've seen a lot of guys here recently, you know, with the weather permitting up there and, and down here, the state's just getting hammered. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, you, you recently saw a guy that, that we both saw at the uh, underclass area code games where he was really, really good. And and a guy that you and I both liked quite a bit that week. And, you know, 2020 left-handed pitcher Kyle Harrison. Tell us a little bit about the last time you saw him. 
Yeah, I saw Kyle this weekend, uh, Saturday against Valley Christian. Uh, that same things that we saw the area code games were there again. Uh, really, really good, a good outing. Uh, the UCLA commit, uh, he's long, he's lean, projectable. You know, he's got some current strength in the lower half. Uh, it's starting to look like he's starting to fill in a little bit more, starting to get that strength to keep coming through. Uh, loose, loose, easy arm from the mid three quarters. Fastball was 86, 87, touching 88. Uh, he was working angle to both sides of the plate, really dominating hitters with the fastball early and then kind of breaking in some of the off-speed stuff. Uh, the slider was really, really good. 75-76, sharp with some bite. Um, missed some, a lot of bats with it. Uh, to me, it's a future-plus pitch. It's one of those ones that's going to be really good for him. Uh, the other off-speed that he was really good with was his change. 75-78, some run to the arm side. Uh, and a real feel for the pitch, kind of having an idea of when to use it, go back-to-back back with it, keep hitters off balance. Um, yeah, he was really good, you know, with those two above average, the future plus pitches, uh, then he breaks in a curveball as well. Um, the Spartans are going to really like him this year and uh, UCLA will here hopefully in a couple years. Yeah, I had a chance to see him down here at the Jay Sarah tournament and, and everything you just said was, was spot on. I mean, I think those two pitches have a chance to be very, very good for him uh, in the future. I mean, future plus pitch potential, no doubt. Uh, another guy that we both saw at the underclass area code games, who, in my opinion, was the biggest breakout guy of either the A's or the Brewers, both California teams, uh, you know, and that's 2020 uh, outfielder, left-handed pitcher, Eddie park i had a chance to see him with valley christian for four straight days down here last spring in the national classic was really really impressed but the jump that he made from spring to summer particularly with the bat and and some of the strength in the bat was was incredibly impressive you sat on him on saturday as well what would you see from him uh, I mean, that same idea. The bat was phenomenal again. Um, he ripped a double into right center field, clearing the bases to kind of break it open a little bit for Valley Christian. Uh, I mean, he turned around a good fastball that was in the mid to high 80s, and it was nothing for him. Um, he's got good speed as well. Uh, ran like a 4.45 on the turn uh, into second base. Uh, just loose, easy athletics. Um, that same thing kind of carried over. He started on the mound for Valley Christian. Uh, he looked good there. Um, you know, the bat I think is going to be the carry, um, but the, the arm was good. Uh, 79, 81 with the fastball, uh, good control and feel for his curveball and his changeup. Not a guy who's going to, you know, overpower hitters, but man, when he throws all three of those pitches, you got to be looking for it. Uh, his first inning, I think he maybe threw 10 pitches total and got out of that inning, uh, maybe 30 in the entire outing for his two innings. So, you know, it was a great day for him, um, both on the mound and at, uh, at the plate. Uh, Stanford is another uh, Stanford commit. Hopefully he can get there for them um, because he his bat is starting to get really, really good. Yeah, and it's 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 attracting a lot of attention. The one thing I really liked about him is his position versatility at the National Classic. I saw him pitch, play left field, right field, and first base, and he did them all at a pretty high level. He made one catch that I, I still think about. I mean, running to his left and full extension laying out, you know, it was parallel to the turf, and, you know, it, it was a run-saving catch, and, and, I mean, it was a game-changer because it completely changed the momentum uh, in the semifinal game against Mission Viejo, which was, uh, pardon me, in the final game against Mission Viejo uh, was really, really uh, impressive. And you saw you got eyes on an uncommitted 2019 right-handed pitcher that you liked uh, quite a bit uh, out of Aptos High School, David Icorn. He's a guy I have not seen, but based on your report, uh, you know, he's, he looks like he's got the goods to you know, be one of these late snags for a college program. 
Uh, absolutely. And, you know, uh, David, somebody that I saw a little bit last year, he was battling some leg injuries. So um, he transferred over from school. So his time on the field was limited. Um, so getting to see him early this year was really awesome. Um, fastball was 84, 86, touching 88, uh, real loose, compact arm. Um, he struck out six and in two innings and just he didn't me- he didn't mess around. He kind of came at kids with the fastball, um, blew it by them, uh, had an idea of what he's doing. Uh, his curveball was another pitch that's really, really good. Good, uh, really projectable pitch, um, 68 to 71, 12, six, but late snap, late bend in it. Um, that was down through the zone. Um, one of the, the videos I got out of it showed just the real good form of it that, you know, it's the type of curveball everyone wants to see from a big kid like him, um, long and lean. Uh, he's also got a splitty that's, you know, it's got a chance to be a good third pitch for him. It's got some late dive 75 to 77. Uh, it's a pitch you don't see very much with that kind of a, a, a combination of pitches. Um, but it looked good. Um, and it's one of those ones where for him as the summer kind of comes in more and the spring definitely starts to heat up, uh, the arm's going to be higher than where he was at. Um, you know, he's a guy that's going to be a, a high eighties, probably low nineties type of guy as he gets more weight and the uh, spring starts to heat up a little bit. Yeah. And that name in that area carries some weight, right? I mean, there, that's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty big name out of Baptist high school. Is it not? Absolutely. Uh, his his dad's Mark Icorn, who pitched in the big leagues for a long time. Uh, his brother Kevin was a third round draft pick out of Aptos uh, a couple years ago. Um, so you know he's got the bloodlines right there as well. Good deal. Good deal. So you, you've got a, a pretty busy busy week as as we all do with the season getting underway here. Uh, you're looking at about four or five games this week, and you want you tell us where you're going to be out this week. Uh, looks like you got game scheduled today, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You're going to be a busy, busy guy, man. Where are you at this week? Yeah, it's a busy week this week. Uh, I'm going to be at Medlow School today. Sacred Heart Cathedral Prep uh, is playing there at Menlo School. Some uh, some talented young players I hope to see there today. Uh, Wednesday, I'm going to be at St. Francis, Los Gatos, St. Francis. Two teams, Los Gatos, I know, is ranked for us. St. Francis is one of those teams right on the edge. Um, and then Thursdays, uh, where the fun really begins. Thursday, we got two between Valley Christian and Carroll from South Lake, Texas coming in. Um, you know, South Lake, Texas is one of the best teams in Texas uh, from that high school level. So they got two games Thursday, uh, then two games Friday between Carroll and Orange Lou from your area. Um, obviously, Orange Lou is one of our top uh, 25 uh, schools right there. So there's another two games for it. Um, and then Saturday, Olu and Valley Christian play uh, so there's going to be a little bit of round robin between those three teams, and that's going to get me a, a view of a lot of uh, really, really good baseball, some of the best teams in the, uh, the state in the country. Yeah, no doubt that uh, Los Gatos at St. Francis could be an interesting uh, matchup for you. St. Francis had a big year last year in the WCAL, and uh, you know I'd expect them to be you know just as competitive uh, this year. But yeah, that that, that Olu uh, at Car- against Carroll and Olu against Valley Christian uh, and Valley Christian against Carroll that that Thursday, Friday, Saturday that's kind of a uh, a high school baseball junkie's dream, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, yeah, I'm super excited for that one. Yeah, no doubt. Well, hey, that's going to do it for segment two. Ryan, I really appreciate you coming out and being on on board. We look forward to having you next time and and next week to recap all these games. And, uh, you know, we appreciate all the coverage you're providing for your area and for the region up there. And uh, keep crushing it, brother. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Thanks, Les.
Welcome back to the Prep Baseball Report California podcast. I'm your host, Les Lukacs. I am joined by Northern California Scouting Director Blaine Clemens. Blaine, thanks for battling. You're uh, you're a little bit on the DL right now with a little bit of a cold, and I appreciate you battling through that to join me uh, to talk about some really good games you saw here in the last few days. Yeah, it's been a good last week. Uh, heck, everybody's got a cold. Everybody's got something this time of year, so that's just the way it goes. But uh, we've been out and about in Northern California, me in particular. Uh, let's see, since last week, we've seen – and Sonella Miramani, we've seen uh, Clovis and Red, Clovis North and Redwood. We've seen Marin Catholic and Cardinal Newman and uh, three teams yesterday in a little little round robin scrimmage out at Jesuit between Rockland and Bella Vista. So it's been it's been active and the weather has cooperated uh, to let us have a chance to get out there. It's, it's not been super warm, but it's been clear and people are uh, you, know, kid, you can tell the kids are fired up to be out on the field again. And um, the cold weather is not uh, not an issue for them while they're while they're playing. But yeah, that first game. Uh, last Tuesday, well, not the first one, but last Tuesday, uh, made that trip down to made that trip down to Fresno, um, and we saw. Uh, really, I was going down to see 2020 Riley Cooper, uh, left-handed pitcher, Arizona commit from Clovis North. Uh, he was in the underclass uh, uh, area code games last year, and he was facing off against Redwood, and it was a battle, a, a rematch of a quarterfinal. Uh, central section game last year that was won by Clovis North two to one. So uh, both teams are looking forward to getting after it again. And Les, did you, you saw, you saw Cooper last year down in Long Beach. Yes, I did. I saw him at the uh, underclass area code games and uh, you know, he was, he was really, really good man in front of about 35 colleges. And uh, you know, that there's no reason why he, uh, you, you know, it makes total sense that Arizona popped him. I mean, he was really, really good at the underclass area code games. Yeah, so being good in an environment like that, I mean, again, we I'll talk about it all the time. I love I love to assess the environment a kid is in and, and watch their competitiveness and watch how they just enjoy baseball. And so watching him in this game, uh, stuff was fine up to eighty eight. He held it deep into the game with the sixth inning, touching eighty eight. The breaking ball is hard in the in the upper 70s, 77, 78. Now all that's fine. Uh, just had a number of strikeouts, seven strikeouts, I think. But he did give up some hits. He had to pitch through some trouble. Uh, Redwood is a good team. But just watching him in the moments where there's a couple runners on, just watching him, you know, the tournament, watching him bow his neck, watching him get after it, seeing his enthusiasm, uh, seeing his competitiveness, and actually almost getting better in those tighter moments. And that's the part, uh, part that really stood out to me. He's got really good stuff. He's a full body guy, so he's going to have to, uh, you know, he's going to be nitpicked with that as far as when, when the pro stuff comes around next year uh, during his senior year. But the stuff is there, the competitive is there, competitiveness is there, the makeup appears to be there. He also hits in their lineup in the four spot. Um, so he's a good baseball player. Another guy that jumped out at me in that game was uh, a senior uh, that I've been uh, told about by their coach. Uh, his name is Brady Crow. Uh, he's a right-handed pitcher, uh, infielder formerly, but mostly a closer type now. Uh, Brady's committed to Fresno Pacific, which which is now competing at the D2 level. Uh, you know, there's, I'm sure there's a few Division ones that, that, that recruited him a little bit and were kind of on him and waiting to see that wish they had now uh, maybe pulled that trigger on him less. He's 86, 88, which is fine and dandy. It's quick arm. It's aggressive. The, the demeanor on the mound says, I love closing, but he's got a, a wipeout, wipeout slider up to 82. Uh, he can drop it down to 76 and change the shape just a little bit just to get ahead. So his tempo of his delivery, his tempo and his demeanor on the mound working quickly and then having two to three different uh, shapes and velocities of the, of the breaking ball 
he is a nightmare for high school hitters. Um, so if they get leads, Columbus North, and they're going to have some leads because they have some pitching, and they run Crow out there, it's almost good night. Yeah, that's not something you typically see on the high school side, right? I mean, generally you have a guy that comes in from shortstop or something and is just blowing gas by guys. But, you know, a wipeout slider at 82 and then mix it down to 76. I mean, that you're right. That, you know, that's good. That That's good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. Right. But hey, let's talk about the other side. Right. Redwood, you know, that's a really talented team. Obviously, you know, they, they lost a big piece in Luke Jewett when he moved back down to Southern California. But they still have quite a bit of talent there. You know, Hunter Bryan is is a Fresno State recruit, uh, you know, also. And then Cam Gallardo on the mound, who I believe got the start for you there. Uh, what did you see out of, out of Gallardo and, and Bryan uh, and, and even Ethan Garcia, who swung it a little bit? Yeah, uh, Gallardo did start. He battled. It wasn't his best outing. The stuff was fine, 83, 86. Uh, we had seen him a few times. You had seen him last year. We had seen him in a showcase recently. He had to battle through some trouble. The umpire zone wasn't uh, real favorable, favorable for him. I thought he pitched better than his, than his ending line, but he was nitpicking around the zone a little bit and ended up with uh, you know five walks and a couple of hit batters. And you know he di- he didn't give in. And it was the second and third inning. He had a lot of traffic and he got some big outs against their best best hitters. Uh, but the dam kind of caved in on him a little bit in the uh, I want to say it was the, the bottom of the fourth bases got loaded and and one mistake pitch got left up and got hit by the a junior second baseman from Clovis North named Nolan Inouye who, who I really liked and he cleared the bases to make it three to zero so uh, Cam will have better days uh, he, he's again he's competitive this stuff is quality uh, it's not quite there right now where, where the division one guys are jumping in but he is on the radar and they're taking a look at what he's got because he does he does have the right demeanor he does have the right temperament to pitch out there he, he you know he didn't cave when it was going going poorly um not that we would expect any kid to but uh it was just you know sometimes it's fun to see a kid not on their best day less you know just to see what they're all about because nobody is their best all the time um and then hunter Bryan, he's he's battling through some arm soreness in his right arm so he wasn't available to play short normally where you would play Uh, he did play first base he did a really good job he looked like he'd been there most of his life um I think somewhere in there in the arm soreness he's got going on, it might have hindered some of his finish on his swing. Uh, timing was a smidge off. And again, he was facing Cooper and, and you know, there are two kids in an area that know each other well. And then those competitions are fantastic to watch. Um, he'll have better days, but hopefully he can get healthy and they can run him out there to the mound because he's got really good stuff when he's, when he's on the bump. And um, he's a difference maker for any high school team in the state, not, not just theirs. So, we, you know, he'll have better days uh, again this spring. The, you know, the player for them, I think, that made made the uh, made the name for himself was a shortstop named Bronson Chamberlain. So Hunter couldn't play there. So Bronson's a senior left-handed hitting shortstop, and he made the start. And he had two really good at-bats uh, against a left-handed throwing Cooper. So it was left on left, and he filleted a couple balls into left field, stayed on it really well, never gave in his front side. Um, you know, he played played adequately at shortstop. Nothing stood out uh, tremendously or, or negatively. Didn't have many chances, but just the, the at bats were really locked in against a very good left handed pitcher. So, uh, any schools that are listening, they're still looking for an infielder that you know swings it from the left side, and um, certainly has uh, been seen against good competition. I would suggest that uh, maybe Bronson Chamberlain, um, you know, gets written down in your notes and, and take a look at uh, the Redwood Redwood infielder. 
Yeah, I had a chance to see Redwood up at the Fresno Easter Classic last year, and Chamberlain really stood out. You know, he was playing third base with Brian playing short, and he really handles the third base very, very well. Uh, you know, he probably profiles there a little bit better, but he's athletic enough to obviously play shortstop for them right now with uh, Brian, you know, dealing with a little bit of arm soreness. But, you know, I think Chamberlain, you're right. I mean, from the left side, he puts together really good at-bats. He He's a patient hitter. He understands the strike zone. He's got a little present bat speed i i agree i'm a big fan of, of chamberlain's as well you know and then hey yesterday blaine you got out to uh, a little round robin three three way with uh, some some really quality teams that had some some just stud players uh, you know i was just kind of following you your tweets there and, and sending you some texts on some of those guys and uh i mean you saw probably one of the best 2021 arms probably one of the best 2020 bats. Uh, and then you saw a bunch of other guys pop up that, you know, in the 21 and the 22 classes that really impressed you. Did you not? Yeah, it was a full day of scouting. There was a lot of note taking. There was a lot of video taking. There was a lot, a lot of moving around. It wasn't waiting for that one player to come up for his, you know, for his next at bat, uh, at bat and muddling through all the other guys. It was, it was nonstop. Uh, Jesuit and Rockland were the first game. So there was three teams, Jesuit, uh, Rockland High School, and Bella Vista out of Fair Oaks. Uh, they were playing around Robin. So it was Jesuit, Rockland first, then Rockland, Bella Vista, and then Bella Vista versus Jesuit. Uh, in the in the first game, uh, let's just get to, I guess, for me, was the main attraction, uh, was to go out and see Anthony, uh, known as Tonko Susak, uh, the 2021 right-hander out of Jesuit. Um Who's older cousin Andrew, uh, big league catcher for the Orioles currently and formerly of uh, Brewers and the Giants. Um, he's got a chance less to it, it's 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 you got to be careful throwing her out there. But a 21 draft, he's going to be in the mix, I believe, for a first round um, first round type arm. He's he's a big, strong, physical kid. Uh, he's got touch and feel of stuff. The stuff was up to 91 yesterday. The breaking ball is a it's it's you got to be careful sometimes grading present high school players breaking balls especially a, a sophomore but you could legitimately throw a present day 55 maybe if you really really are gutsy a, a 60 on it and and f- uh, future is a 70 it's that good it's hard 76 78 it's got more to come if he wants to as he throws harder uh, he's got a change up that he gets down in the zone and is willing to throw and yet it's, a, it's clearly his third pitch and that's got the makings of being an above average change up so you put it all together on top of the makeup component, he loves baseball. He's probably the biggest baseball nerd on their entire team. <laughs> I spent, you know, after he was done pitching, he was back the, with the camera and video and all those teammates, and and he just talks nonstop about baseball. And he's he's a rallier. He's a leader. He has fun. He's the biggest cheerleader. He's their biggest talent. It's just, it was really a blast. Uh, so he's he's certainly everything that I had been told he was and had seen in some video and. Um, it was a anybody that loves watching baseball players that are talented and love it would have would have loved been, uh, having been there yesterday. And then his cousin Daniel was the catcher. He's the 2020 catcher, uh, also a Jesuit. Obviously, he's committed. Both kids are committed to Oregon State right now. Daniel had a big day. I think every other inning, I was putting a tweet out whether it was a hard hit ball to left field, he's swinging wood, or it was a, a back pick where he gets a runner, or throwing out a runner. Uh, or blocking balls in the dirt as his cousin's pitching and throwing and spiking some curveballs and keeping the changeup down. It was as good of a, uh, a day you're going to see a kid do just about everything he's capable of doing. The arm is up to 80 in the game. The pop times are right at 2-0. Uh, he fought off pitches in two strike counts. Uh, the, the bat speed's there. The contact is loud. He's a bit of a Chris Bryant type approach. The swing, actually, when I broke it down last night, looks just like Bryant. 
from that vantage point with a little bit of that that loft there. Um, and again, another player who just beyond his talent less, it just clearly likes playing baseball. Um, this whole team seems to be about that. I mean, Pilcher, the right-hander pitching the second game, he's up to 89 with a really good curveball. Uh, Andy owned the transfer from Turlock. He's a 20-20 going to Cal, uh, up to 89, you know, with breaking ball and change up. This team has got ridiculous, ridiculous pitching depth. Luke Williams, one of your favorite players, he, he didn't have a great day with the bat, but he came in because he's going to close for him, I think, this year. He's 85, 87 with a uh, plus high school slider he can locate whenever he wants. I don't know if you knew he could pitch. <laughs> I, I did not, man. Now, it, you, you know how how much of a fan of Luke Williams I am. And, and now that you add that to the mix, you know, that certainly, uh, you know, that, that bumps him in my book. Uh, yeah, you know, and- but, you, you know, you talked about Suzak, uh, both of them. Uh, I didn't get to see Tonko last year, but you know, I saw Daniel uh, when I was, again, up at the Fresno for the Easter Classic and, you know, sat on them for three games and, and he was playing third, uh, you know, then an injury in the, in the last game that I saw them uh, to their catcher. Uh, you know, moved him back behind the plate. And it was pretty obvious to me. Uh, it was pretty obvious to me at that point that that's where his position of the future is. Uh, and, you know, you're right. I mean, just seeing some of the videos uh, that you that you've sent me. And I mean, that kid's future is very, very bright. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and speaking of bright futures, Rockland, they're always a competitive team. There's good baseball in that region. They've got some some seniors and some juniors that are, that are good baseball players that'll play college baseball. But the two kids, I think that, uh, that people are really interested in, especially in the young prospects are, uh, 2021, uh, shortstop pitcher, Tyler McQuiston, uh, who was a, a good two way player yesterday, highly competitive at the plate, uh, good runner on four, four, five ish down the line, facing good pitching all day. He's not a big body guy. He's listed five ten, one sixty, but it doesn't even seem, he's just not very wide. It doesn't seem even, even that big, but, this this young guy got on the mound in the second game and he, quick arm man you look down at the gun and it that's a 86 it does that's a 87 it does uh and he was just getting loose in the second and it seemed like so he's being recruited by some schools uh some like him as a position player some like him as a pitcher some aren't really concerned yet with that designation so they're just recruiting the talent uh, a fun day to watch him uh his younger teammate uh 2022 uh Outfielder, uh, right-handed pitcher Torin O'Haran, again as a player, I think shooter had seen, I had not laid eyes on yet, but he, another buttery smooth shoulder turn up to 85, and it looked like he was just playing catch. Uh, spun the breaking ball well, got a changeup. It's highly athletic. Uh, he's still working his way through his delivery. Kind of feels it out a little bit. It's not quite as natural and uh, um, fluid as he's going to be. But it just the body works so easy. And we're talking about a kid who hasn't yet played a varsity, an official varsity game in, in his high school life. So um, there was another freshman named Tyson Troop who was up to 83, a left-hander. So this Rockland crew is a team to uh, write down and take note of uh, in the coming years, without a doubt. Um, and then on the Bella Vista side, the Forrester brothers, uh, Garrett, who was a junior third baseman, and Brandon, it was a freshman middle infielder. Both are committed to Oregon State because the Beavers have been mining the Sacramento area ever since the Andrew Susack days years ago. Uh, Garrett's a third baseman who can just bang it. He stands in there with presence. He's a right-handed hitter. He, he went deep on a changeup that was away and down. And he just kind of got on his front foot a little bit less, and he, he launched it over the left field wall. And, and if you've ever been a Jesuit, there's not a lot of balls that go out of Jesuit uh, for whatever reason. And this one, it was easy. Uh, 
impressive. He's got a big, you know, above average, near, near plus arm from third base, physical size, physical presence, uh, good approach at the plate. Uh, second at bat of the day, he's facing McQuiston. Uh, he had him down. McQuiston's got a big old 12-6 curveball, and he had him down one and two, I want to say. And this, the, what I liked about uh, Garrett Forrester so much less was his approach. He wasn't going to get beat by this good curveball and two-strike count, so he, he let the ball get deep, knowing he's got enough hand speed and, and swing path to get to a good fastball. And darned if he didn't get a fastball, about 86, outer third, that he just stayed behind and fought off with a line drive to right field. I mean, it's, it's, it's the kind of bat-bat that tells you this is a very dangerous young man. Yeah, I saw the video you posted of him, and, and you're, I mean, everything you just described is spot on just watching it on video. And I mean, you know, it's amazing to me how these PAC 12 schools, you know, kind of find an area you mentioned there, Oregon state's really been mining Sacramento and, you know, they, they have success with one player in an area. And then, you know, all of a sudden that entire area becomes a priority and just provides opportunity for players in that area. And, 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 you know, gosh, darn it, Oregon state has done a fantastic job. I mean, you just, you just listed four guys that they have in that particular area that are already committed to them and, you know, and, and, and the job they do everyone else around the, uh, you know, everywhere else around the state and around the region. It's just, it's really impressive. So, so Blaine, you got the season, you know, right. I mean, right around the corner, uh, you know, officially getting started. Uh, you know, what are you looking forward to the most, uh, you know, up in that area, uh, you know, you know, whether it be some teams, some players or, or just kind of in general, what are you looking forward to the most with the start of the season being just a few days away? One of the things I think that I'm most interested in, actually I know I'm interested in was when we, we posted our power 25 and, you know, when you do a preseason ranking, shoot any ranking in general, it's, uh, there's some hits and some misses and you go on some gut feels with some certain teams and you have some intuition about this team versus that team. And, and, uh, I'm really interested in tracking down, uh, some of the teams that I've got a gut feel on, you know, whether it's a Los Gatos, a Marin Catholic, uh, a Turlock, uh, an Archbishop Mitty. Obviously I want to get out and see, I think we have some of the best teams in, in the entire state, Northern California. And I just kind of want to see how the, our early rankings hold up and get an early look at those schools. Uh, between Ryan and I, and uh, we've obviously now seen, we put eyes on Jesuit. They're as talented as I believe they are. Uh, we put eyes on De La Salle. Uh, we put eyes on Valley Christian. Um, we put eyes on Clovis North. I want to see the Elk Grove team. Uh, that that conference in the Delta League is going to be such an extraordinary, fun battle year with the, with the three-game series they're going to have. Uh, I can't wait to see a, a, you know, a Franklin-Jesuit three-game set. Um, I want to get out in Oak Ridge. So I just, I'm really interested in seeing how the teams hold up that we've got a gut feel for. Uh, sometimes, you know, it's just tracking one player versus the other. You miss some of the better teams. And I, I think the competition of, of high school baseball is, is, is fun. I mean, mining prospects is a blast. Um, going to one game to see a player or two is, is always fun. But, but going to watch really good high school teams uh, and appreciating, you know, appreciating that just for the comp- the competition part of it is uh, is also a blast. So I'm really looking forward to to seeing some of our uh, our, our top 25 schools and, and seeing uh, if we were right and see what we might have got right and see maybe uh, what we maybe didn't get right. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, you hit the nail on the head there with this, you know, particularly with the rankings piece, right? We we catch a lot of grief on on ranking teams and players and all that. Uh, you know, ultimately it'll all bear itself out on the field. Uh, you know, and, and you're right. I mean, just the competition of it. You know, we're we're about a week and a half into the season down here in SoCal, and uh, you know, it, there's been some really good competition. I was at a game Saturday that you know the tying run was on second base with with one out in the bottom of the seventh and you would have thought it was you know the middle of may in a playoff game i mean it was yeah. that exciting and so so you're right just the competition the, the nature of the competition in high school baseball in our state is is, is awesome uh and, and you're right I'm, I'm really excited about following that as well well blaine i, I really appreciate you uh you know coming on and, and and discussing what you saw recently and what you're looking forward to and you know until uh you know i look forward to having you back on here next week and we'll we'll talk about what you saw here uh this week and and you know what you're looking forward to again uh so that's going to wrap it up for the prep baseball report california podcast i uh, appreciate you listening be sure to check out prepbaseballreport.com uh, where we're rolling out content daily and uh, for blaine clemens ryan ozella and jack shannon I'm your host, Les Lukacs, and until next time, we'll see you at the yard. All right. See you. Thanks, Les.